Morning, everyone, and welcome from my side. So if you were wondering, yes, that was me in that intro video. Um, yeah, I think we <laughs> I shot that like in a very, very short amount of time, and uh, it was a very fun thing to do. And it's always funny um, when people see, see me, then they say, but you're the drummer, and then you're on the video, and now today I'm preaching. So it's, it's interesting. So no, the church doesn't have a problem. Um, we, usually I get time to preach from time to time, and um, today it's my honor to share with you a message that God has put on my heart, and I'm really excited about that. So Today we are busy with a series called Unwrapping Christmas. So Louis started the, f the, the first part um, at our Christmas carol service. And I have some good news and I have some bad news. So the bad news, let's start with that. If you, if you weren't here at our Christmas carol service, unfortunately you cannot catch up on that sermon um, if you missed it. So the lesson we learned, like Louis said, is come to church and never miss out on a, on, a, on a sermon or a great message. And that was a great message. And then the second part was the gift that gives you the gift of choice. The tongue twister. Louis, you'll be proud. I learned that. I put a rhyme to it. The gift that gives you the gift of choice. And um, it, was so, it was such a great message. So if you missed out on that, um, head, that's the good news. If you missed out on that, you can catch up on that one. So head on to our platforms, uh, Spotify, YouTube, uh, iTunes, our Facebook page, literally any, any place you can think of. And if you go in a place and I don't know about it, tell me and I'll get it there. Um, so you can catch up on that. And it was such a great message. So today... We are going on with the third part, and that is sharing the greatest gift of all. And I'm really excited about that. But before we go on and talking about sharing, I think there's something we all love to do. And I look at my own life, and I look at the lives of people in my family, and there's something that I realize that we love to do, and that is giving. We all love to give. We all love to give a present. We love, I don't know if you guys are like that, I love the feeling what that you get if you give so someone something and they really appreciate it. It's, it's such a good feeling. It's a good experience. And you just want to give more and more. So we had this conversation uh, earlier in the week. Um, Anya, my wife, um, we talked about giving. And she was like, she really loves to give gifts. But she always feels guilty of receiving them, um, especially if she didn't prepare something for someone else. So, but we all love to give, and we all love to give if we're in a financial position to just keep on giving more and more. So, if you grew up, you probably have heard the, the word sharing is caring. Um, when I was in school, I was that little boy walking around with my um, Tupperware um, I can't get, get the word now, lunchbox. <laughs> I have it, that little lunchbox. And I, I had this thing always to look for the kids who didn't have anything to eat and just offering them one of my samis. Um, so, and I love to do that. It was always so great to see someone like uh, having one and enjoying it, especially if they didn't have anything. So sharing is caring. That's one thing that we learn. And if we look at the Bible and we look at the life of Jesus, Jesus said something is always better to give than to receive. That's, that's part of Jesus. If you take an overview of the Bible and you look at God and who he is, he is, you'll see a part of God's character is giving. God is a God who loves to give. And we're coming into the Christmas time and where we learn that God gave his only son. So, and that is part of God's character. You, you find so much um, info in the Bible where God constantly gives. And um, 
what is, what is interesting about that is that if we believe that we are made in God's image, that I believe um, that we are made in His image, then a part of that, I want to say, characteristic of giving is almost kind of embedded in our lives. And that's what I believe, why I believe that we love to give. It's something that God gives us, that's in us, and we just like to give like God gives. But in order for us, before we start giving and giving gifts this Christmas, and we're in the Christmas season, um, we need to actually get the gifts. So I don't know if you are uh, like Bear Grylls or something, go into your garden and chop the tree down and make a gift out of that. But usually we go into the shops and we go and buy something. Even if we make something for someone, we have to go to a shop and buy that and get get something for people. Now, the interesting thing that happens is around the 25th of November, thereabout, uh, the shops start putting up their Christmas advertisements. So they, they start to put on their lights, um, they, they put on their Christmas trees, they started putting on their signs that says Christmas sale, there's lights everywhere, and I, I don't know what you call the round things in English, we just call them bobbles in our house, so the bobbles are hanging everywhere from, from the shop roofs and stuff, and they create this great Christmas atmosphere at like the 25th of, of uh, November. And I used to work in retail um, I, I used to work in a Christian bookshop when I just um, finished school, and I, um, yeah. So at Christmas time, we were told that you need to prepare for Christmas, and then we had four CDs we listened to the whole month, twelve tracks. That's all you listen to. So if you wonder why I struggle to get into the Christmas spirit when I get into malls and stuff, that is why, because I'm feeling so sorry for the people that works in the shop because there's four CDs or something that they're listening to over and over and over. And, um, but yeah, they have to put the advertisements on and they have to get people ready for Christmas. And I think there's two things why they do it, why they put on the advertisement, and, which is interesting to me. And number one, it creates invitation. So everybody loves Christmas. We love getting to, into a place like church today where uh, we see the Christmas tree. It's inviting. We want to just be together with our family. We want to just celebrate for some, it's, it's invitational. But the second part of it, it's a reminder. So the reminder is that, guys, Christmas is coming the 25th of December. Do you have your gifts? Have you bought the gifts? Do you have the food ready that you want to cook? Is it already frozen? Um, Do you have everything you need to be ready for Christmas? So it's invitational, and it's a reminder for us all. So... Now back to, to, the, to the actual message. And I want to share with you about a gift um, that God gives us. And the part I want to read is from 2 Corinthians um, 5, chapter 5, from verse 17 to 19. And if you have your Bibles here, you can open up with me there. Um, if you don't, you can follow me along on the screen Um, or you can go to your app, your Bible app, and follow me along there. But let's quickly read together um, 2 Corinthians from chapter 5, verse 17 to 19, and we read about this gift that, that God gives us. So, Paul writes here, he says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, and the new has come. All of this is from God. It's a gift. This is the gift. All of this is from God, who reconciled us um, to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, 
not counting men's sin against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. And there's two things that I want you to note when reading this text. There's two things that stands out for me. The first part is that God gives us a gift. He has taken something away and he has put something in its place. And the second thing that I would like you to notice is that there's a ministry, there's a message of reconciliation happening. And that ministry and that message God has given and committed to us as Christians. So there's something that we as Christians have to do, ministry. Ministry is something we do. It's through how we serve. And the message is something we talk about. So there's, there's something we as Christians have the responsibility to do. So I want to connect this to someone in the Bible who had the ministry of reconciliation. That was not Jesus. That is Jesus' main role. But before Jesus came, before the Christmas story started, three months before the birth of Jesus, there was a man born with the name John, John the Baptist. How many of you have heard of him? I believe everyone has heard of, of John the Baptist if you grew up in church. Now, John the Baptist has also has an amazing story to his life. So what is interesting about his life is like his father, Zechariah, he was a temple priest, um, and his mother, Elizabeth, couldn't get pregnant. They couldn't have a baby, and they were very old. So one day when Zechariah was serving in the temple, the angel Gabriel appeared to him. And you can read this whole uh, thing um, story in Luke 1. So the angel appeared to him, and they told, he told uh, Zechariah that he is going to have a son. And he's going to be a person that's going to prepare, prepare the way for Christ. Like the advertisements we see in the shop. He was, going to, he was going to prepare us and invite us to Christ. That Christ is coming. Something is going to happen and we, you need to be ready. And so Zechariah heard this message and he was so flabbergasted and full of doubt. He asked the angel, are you sure? Are you sure about this? And the next thing that happened, the angel said, well... Um, until these things happen, you won't be able to speak again. I don't know about you, um, but imagine through your wife's pregnancy not being able to talk at all. Uh, <laughs> I think that is a bad thing for you. You need to get some words out. <laughs> but yeah, until the day John was born, and he was born, and the people, the family was in a little family feud about, we're going to name the son Zechariah or someone in the family, and Zechariah stood up and he wrote on a little board and he said, um, his name is going to be John. And in that moment, when he wrote his name on that board, something amazing happened. Zechariah started to prophesy about this ministry that his son is going to have, about this gift that his son is going to be, to be a messenger about. And a cool part of that um, that I quickly just want to mention to you is uh, one part of the prophecy is that John was going to give his people the knowledge of the salvation. That his people is God's people. He's going to give them the knowledge of salvation. So he's not going to offer them salvation. He's going to tell them, give them information about someone who is coming that is greater than who John the Baptist is. John the Baptist had an amazing ministry. He was a wild man, um, literally, in the wilderness, preaching with only uh, animal skin clothes, eating only honey and living off locusts and stuff. And people came to him to hear this message, to hear this message that, that John has. So he, he had this message that, 
that he was preaching, this calling on his life. And he was going to tell people about the knowledge of, the sal of salvation. He was going to tell people about this gift of God that is coming. This gift that God is giving, going to give us. So, and this is part of the Christmas story. The Christmas story doesn't stop with Jesus in a manger. That's what's, what Louis says. We're, we're, it's not about just baby Jesus. It's a, something bigger about that. There's something bigger around that. And today I want to focus on what is this gift that God gives us? What is this, the whole thing of Christmas about? So if you read the text of 2 Corinthians, and we said there's two things that we need to notice. The first part was that um, God gives us something, uh, takes something away, and he puts something in its place. So there's a big biblical word for it called justification. So that is the first thing that happened. So with justification, there's two things that needs to happen. Something needs to be taken away. And something needs to be put in its place. So what did God do? He ta he's taken away the sin of the world. He's taken away my shame. He's taken away my guilt. He's taken away everything that separates me from God. And he put something in its place. His son. The righteousness of God. And uh, Apostle Greg Laurie, I don't know if you guys know him. And he made this comment. Do you want to see the most righteous person in this room? Look at me. Not because of who I am and what I've done, but because of who Christ is and Christ done. Because righteousness doesn't make me righteous. God's righteousness doesn't make me righteousness of who I am, but of who God is and what he has done in my life. So it's not because I'm that good. No, I'm a sinful man. I make mistakes. I still fall and I stumble. But because of Christ, because of this gift that God has given us. We have a knowledge of salvation. There's a knowledge of, of something that is great in this world. So why do we need this gift? Why do we, did we need this gift from God? So the first thing we need to realize is that there is a need. There is a massive need. So Romans 3 verse 23 tells us we all shall fall short of God's glory. No one can keep up to God's standards. God has a massive standard. So if you go back to the Old Testament and you look at the laws of Moses and you look at the Ten Commandments and the laws of the prophets, it was almost impossible to keep all of those commandments and laws. Um, and the thing about them is if you break one of them, God says you're guilty of breaking them all. And then for you to be in right standing with God, to have God's righteousness again, you had to offer a sacrifice and then be forgiven again, and if you sin again, you're guilty of everything again, and you need to start that whole process all over again and again and again. So animal sacrifice wasn't enough. Keeping the law wasn't enough, because the law was there to show us of how sinful we are. The law was there to prove to us that we cannot keep God's standard. Even though how good it was, if we could have kept it, it was really good, but we couldn't. It was impossible for us. So there's a need. And it's impossible for us. So we all fall short of, uh, of God's standard. And then in Romans 6.23, we read that the wages of sin, the wages of sin is death. So for me to try to save myself, to try keeping the, law, the laws by myself without Jesus, trying life without Jesus, the wages of that is death. So if we look at the word wages, wages is something we deserve. Some of us get paid per hour. Some of us get paid... Um, 
per, per day, per week. Um, I don't know how you get paid. But in the end, it's something you worked for and that you get. That's your wage. You get, you get paid that wage. And so the wages of sin, it's the way we lived our life without Jesus um, is actually something we deserve. And that is death, because we're separated from God. We're following our own ways. We're continuing in our sin without Jesus. So there is a need to be saved. So if we didn't want that, um, if we do not want that death or to be separated from God, um, we need to realize that there is a need. And the great thing about it and the great thing about Christmas and this whole time of God sending Jesus, his son, is that God himself meets that need. There's no human that met that need except for God himself. So God sent his son, Jesus. He was 100% God. He was 100% man. In that form, God sent his son to reconcile the ministry of reconciliation, to reconcile man with God through himself. And that's what we read in 2 Corinthians. And that is what the good news is about. So if you accept Jesus, those who are in Christ... We receive God's righteousness. We get reconciled with God through the gift that God has given us. And all we need to do is accept that gift that God gives us. And there's so many benefits into accepting God. I, I feel like those, I don't know if you guys grew up with those very mock advertisements. But wait, there's more. So it's the whole time um, when I read about justification and this gift that God gives us, He makes us... Um, uh, righteous in his eyes, and we can come to God. But wait, there's more. Not only does he do that for us, but he adopts us into his family. He doesn't just like, you're saved, now go on your own way. Um, he adopts us into the family of Christ, and he calls each and every one of us a son and daughter in Christ, of God. And what, what's more about that, but wait, there's more. He calls us co-heirs in Christ. And there's more. So when we are heirs in Christ, um, we read about that um, you're, the, we, we are children of God and also we share in God's glory. So all the promises in the Bible, everything that was made for the people of Israel is now also applicable to us because we are part of God's family. We are a part of His, we, we are part, a part of his people. And then also, another benefit is, but wait, there's more. He gives us eternal life. He gives us the promise, the security of knowing that today when I close my eyes, today, if this is my last day and I open my eyes, I will be with the Father. I will be with the Son. And He gives us that promise and that security in knowing that you are part of me. And you are going to have an eternal time with me in heaven. So that is some of the benefits of being um, part of, of being in Christ, accepting Christ, accepting this gift. But the thing is, we, and this is the important part, we don't or shouldn't let the greatest gift stop with us. You shouldn't let the greatest gift stop with you. So like John the Baptist had the ministry, um, of telling the people of the knowledge of the salvation. He was preparing the way for people to hear this message of Jesus who is coming. Um, we all have the responsibility. So that is what Paul says in 2 Corinthians. He says that we have the message of reconciliation, 
And we also have the ministry of that. So basically how I sum it up, like by everything I do and say, everything I do and say needs to testify about God's goodness and the message of what God has done in his life. And he promised each and every one of us that believes that they will receive that gift as well. So don't let the message stop with you. We all need to share that message. And the great thing about this message, about this um, ministry of reconciliation, about the message of reconciliation, is that it, wa- it, it wants us to tell people about a free gift that's under the tree. If we can say that, there's a gift waiting for you through Jesus, that is Jesus, and all you need to do is go to him, is go to the tree. But there's something I would love to read for you in Luke 3, and um, it, is, it is about a prophecy of John the Baptist and how he, um, and what his role and his purpose was. And it says here that John will be a voice calling in the desert, preparing, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight the paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill shall be made low, the crooked roads shall become straight, and the rough ways smooth. All of mankind will see God's salvation. So who is this gift for? All of mankind. All of mankind. Um, Louis mentioned last week um, about John 3.16, for God so loved the world that none of us should, have, should perish but have eternal life. So... God wants this message of reconciliation to reach out for all mankind. Prepare the way. Now, what is interesting in the old days, when uh, it, I want to say the, is it the imperial ages or the medieval ages, when a king was coming to visit a town, he sent his messages ahead. And his messages would come with horns and trumpets and the, telling the people that the king is on his way. Make ready. Prepare your kingdom, your little town, for whatever you need so that you'll be ready for the king who's going to come and visit. And we all have, we are, we are all God's messengers in that sense. So we all can tell people to prepare for their lives for, for Jesus who is coming. And it's, and it's not, a, I want to say, a, a, a turn or burn type of message that we, that we preach. It is a inviting people to the free gift of Christ. There's someone coming. There's a knowledge of salvation that I want to share with you that you, can, that you can have about this gift. And this gift is for all. And God gave us this gift. Like John was a vo- voice in the wilderness, we can be a voice in someone else's lives. So God has placed us in our workplace. He has placed us in our families. He's placed us with a lot of people around us where we can be a voice, even if it's a small whisper, to tell people about this gift that God has given us. And this, this is what I believe it, that, that Christmas is all about. It's about reminding ourselves, inviting people towards the gift that, that God has given us. Inviting people that there's, come close, come closer and hear about this gift. And to tell us that that gift is for everyone. We are the place in the Bible we read that we are Christ's ambassadors. Wherever we go, we can represent God. So if, if we can tell people about this gift, we can offer it to them. 
because we are a representative of God. We can tell them about this gift that God has given us. And we can meet everyone wherever they are. So John talks here about every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill be made low, the crooked roads will become straight, and the rough way smooth. I mean, God can meet anyone wherever they are on their journey. This, this sounds for me like a journey. Like wherever a person is, if he's in the lowest low, in the highest high, if he's so far off the road, if he's in the rough, no matter where you are or where that person is, everyone, everywhere needs to hear the message of salvation. And that can only happen if we are a voice in someone else's life. We don't need to be a guy on a megaphone. Some people have that ministry, like John the Baptist. I think he was, if he had a megaphone, he'd take over the world. Um, But... We all have that ministry to be the voice effectively in someone's life. And maybe that's one or two people in your lives. And that is a prayer that I always pray. It's for God to show me um, the, the people in my life that I can be a voice to. And that can be a prayer for you. Um, you can pray and ask God to show you who the person is that you can be a voice to in their lives. So... Like the, the Christmas tree, we decorate it and, you know, we, we put on all the bubbles and the lights and we put on the Christmas store. Everything is invitational. Our message is inviting people to the tree and telling them about the gift. And in the end, Christ doesn't just want to get their attention. God wants them to come close to the tree and pick up the gift. He wants people to come to hear this message and act upon it. So we are able to share the gift. We are able to tell people about the gift, but in the end, we're not responsible if they take the gift or not. It is their choice, and that's where God works. That's where the Holy Spirit works, and it is so great. So God wants us to bring attention to Jesus so that people can come close to him and share in the gift. And the great news about this gift is it doesn't get outdated. It's a gift that you can take, and it never gets old. You know, last year you wanted something, that great new shoes or something else, and six months after that it was so badly out of fashion, and this year you want something new. Or like you wanted um, this piece of jewelry and you lost it. It's not something you can, can lose. It's not something that, you can, um, that has no worth. This gift doesn't get outdated, and it's a gift now. It's something we can experience now. We can experience the righteousness of God, and we can experience His love and grace in our lives, and we can experience everything, all that gift He gives for us, but it's also a gift for later, and it's a gift that we can receive in our, in, of eternal life. And it's, only, it's the only gift that you can give away and get more. It's the only gift that you can give to someone else and invite them to come close to Jesus and you can get more and more and you will want more when you see people react to the gift of Christ. So, I want to close off with this line. Bring attention to Jesus for people to come close to him. So, we have the message, like John, we have the message and the ministry of reconciliation and to invite people Come, come in this Christmas time. Come, let's talk about this gift. What is the gift that God gives us? He's given us all the ability to be called righteous in the eyes of God. And he make, God makes us part of this big family. 
and he gives us all these grand, great gifts. He wants people to come close to him. And he wants us to, to tell people, don't just stand in awe, come close to God. And I want to say to you that there is a gift for you. There is a gift for every single one. And if you haven't accepted that gift today, if you're still unsure about Christianity, that gift will always be there for you. That gift will be there. And God can change so much in your life if you accept the greatest gift. So Christmas time, what is it about? It's about sharing the greatest gift of all. Sharing that time. It's not about the normal presence. There's a bigger gift. There's a bigger thing that God gives us. And God wants us to share that with everyone. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much that we can know that in you our future is secure. That we can know that you came to this, this earth and as, a, as, a, as a human being and you sacrificed your life to, for us to be free. Jesus, thank you for this gift that you have given us. And I pray that everyone who hasn't responded to that gift yet, that they would accept you and, and want to know more about this gift of Jesus. Lord, I pray that you'll be with us as we go out. Lord, you have put the calling in our lives to be voices in the lives of other people. Lord, I pray where fear and doubt tries to keep us, keep us away and break us down, Lord, I pray that we will be um, secure in, in who we are and know that this gift that we're trying to share with people is the greatest gift of all and it will change their lives forever. Lord, thank you for this opportunity to share the gift. Thank you that you have called us your own and called us by name and that we are yours. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.